Are you a beach person? I could sure use a day to stand with my feet in the sand, breathe the ocean air right now. Because when I stand on the shore and look out onto the horizon, I think deep thoughts, eternal thoughts about God. Something about that setting draws me in. How about you? Maybe for you, it's the starry night sky. And there, when you're looking upon the universe that never seems to have a beginning or an end, you think of all these huge thoughts upon your brain. I think that because those are two grand settings, the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, that that's why God used those two metaphors in today's scriptures. Perhaps he wants us to think widely about his love, about all the people he's created in the world in his image. Because from the beginning, God's love has always been spread wide. Today, we're going to look in the scriptures at a promise God gave to Abraham again and again, and it demonstrates his wide love. We're going to start in Genesis 12, when Abraham was still known as Abram. Verses 1 through 3 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abram's name means exalted father, and God says you are going to be a father of a nation. Many nations will be blessed through you. That's a huge promise. Abram obeyed God. But years went by, and he had no kid. How could he start this great nation? So he went to God and said, Did I hear you correctly? Genesis 15. Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? God took him outside. He said, look up at the sky, count the stars if indeed you can count them, and said to him, so shall your offspring be. Through those stars, God reassured Abram. His promise was true, but more time passed and Abram doubted again. This time, his wife Sarai and Abram tried to force the issue and made their slave Hagar have a son with Abram. Though the sin was not part of God's plan, and though Ishmael was not the son that he was going to bring a nation through, God still gave Hagar a promise. Genesis 16. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert and told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her, and I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. God keeps spreading that love wide even over things that weren't a part of the original plan. Thirteen years went by. Now Abram is 99 years old, still no child with Sarai as promised. He wonders, what in the world's going on? God reassures him once again and gives him some new names. Genesis 17. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants. As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abram now means father of many nations, Abraham. 
Sarai that meant my princess now turned to Sarah, princess of many nations. God kept promising. And after all their years of waiting, finally, Isaac, their son, arrived. Sometime after that, God tested Abraham to see if he was willing to sacrifice this awaited promise. And when Abraham proved faithful, God did not require such sacrifice, but reaffirmed his promise once more with our two metaphors in Genesis 22. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. There are many things we can take from this scripture, but what I want us to focus on today is to look God's care and his provision is always all-encompassing, global, universal. Because he kept saying, all nations, God always had a plan to provide and draw everyone on earth to himself. But God begins with the individual, the local, often the small, and then he grows his plan outward. Abraham and Sarah were just one family with just one son together, and yet they would produce nations. Starting with the small and expanding the wide has always been God's method. Think about it. He started the entire planet with one pair of humans. He moved and displayed his huge sovereignty through a small nation of Israel. And God provided salvation for all people throughout all of eternity through one Savior, one sacrifice, Jesus, who was born into that small nation, localized in a particular region of the world for a brief window of time. And Abraham and Sarah got to be part of that plan. Because while God loves, cares, expands globally, he starts in individual hearts. And he invites us into the process of spreading his love. There are many of you at church who are globally focused. Your hearts go out into parts of the world, even while you live here locally. And one of those friends I want to talk to today, because one of our Echo Church friends spends his time, his work, his ministry, trying to inform other people about ministry that's happening in six different countries. So I asked Mikey Evans if he would join us today and share his global perspective that he's gained from working with back-to-back ministries. Hi, Mikey. Thanks for joining the service today. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you sharing your experiences with us. First, if you could please tell us what your job entails at back-to-back ministries and what countries you serve. So back-to-back ministries, global orphan care nonprofit, Uh, We serve in Cincinnati, as you guys know, but we're also in Haiti, Nigeria, India, Mexico, and the Dominican Republic. My role is as the videographer um, and the media coordinator. So um, when I'm not, my big focus right now is on training videos and helping to create videos around our trauma care principles. Hmm. When I'm not doing that, 
Um, I will either be traveling to some of our sites and doing either videos about some of the funding projects that we're doing or just highlighting some of the stories of some of the kids and families that we're serving, or I'll be receiving footage from all over the world from all of our different staff members and editing that together to share some of those stories. Wow. So now when you've gone to visit these countries, I'm sure when you go and travel for the first time, you expect their culture to be different. But what similarities did you find? What connections did you immediately make that felt familiar in some of these places? First and foremost, I am a huge soccer fan and specifically a huge Liverpool fan. And we all know they're much better than Manchester United. Oh. Sorry, Steve. But um, soccer, I think, and sports in general, but soccer specifically is just such a global language. Hmm. No matter where I went, I was in Haiti, I was in Monterey, Cancun, all throughout people just love to play soccer. Um, so a lot of times too, when I was finding that there was a language barrier, there wasn't a barrier when it came to playing soccer. Also, uh, this is kind of more of a harder thing that's similar is that no matter where you go, poverty is so similar. People are just striving the hardest but have so much things against them. And one of the things that's kind of a twist on that is, I don't know if this is even the best way to say that, but Takis are everywhere because um, there's something about the serotonin that you get from eating this spicy food that just lights up your brain. And no matter where you are, whether I was in Monterey or whether I was in Haiti, people love to eat Takis and spicy chips. That's so interesting. I would not have thought of that. Yeah. So there's other similarities like that, but those are kind of the two that really just jump out to me of like, oh, wow, these are not really that different of places. Now, when you said you're hearing from different sites during this pandemic, you had said earlier with me that you have seen that they have been doing some of the similar things in a reaction to the pandemic. So what kind of things do you see that's common in all these different countries as they've tried to serve people during this time? Yeah, so like timelines right now are a little different for everybody, but um, I've actually been working on a video recently where we're talking about all of the different efforts that we have been doing. and. Here in Cincinnati and in India and Nigeria, it's been the same of like, we're gathering food and hygiene products for families that no longer have access to it because things have been cut off or because people are staying at home. Mm -hmm. We're figuring out how to do online tutoring and mentoring for kids who no longer have access to school but are still needing to receive care in that way. Mm -hmm. um, we're still figuring out ways to communicate with um, the families that are trying to take care of these kids but just don't have access to anything anymore because they've been shut off. Really, the efforts, no matter where we are, they've all been the same. It's We're not a relief organization. We're more of a development organization, but right now it's it's tw tw shifted to relief because hmm. there's a lot of people that are hurting a lot and just in need a lot. Mm -hmm. Lots of need. Now, I always feel like every time I've traveled somewhere or met someone from a different culture or with different experiences, it always expands my view of God's love just a little bit, sometimes a lot. And so I just wonder right now, as you're thinking about your work and all the experiences you've had and all the different people that you've met, how do you feel like it has expanded your view of God's love? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, uh, I just watched this episode of the West Wing that it makes me think of, but, um, Jed Bartlett, who's the awesome president in the West Wing, he is dealing with a crisis in the fictional country of Kundu where there's genocide happening, but it's not being labeled as genocide by the global powers and there's a lot of political stuff to be dancing around. And he says this comment, he says, why is it to me that an American life is worth more than a Kundu life? Mm -hmm. And 
he says it kind of rhetorically, but then his new staff staffer says, I don't know, sir, but it is. And I was really striking in kind of a heavy, hard way for me hearing that quote. And I think I've been blessed a lot to have a lot of global experience of travel. And I think one of the things that it's done is it's opened my eyes that that's just not true. I think implicitly, unfortunately, whether we admit it or not, all of us have bias against difference. It's And it, it may come out more as drawn to similarity, but I think we just... We're drawn to people who are like us, who talk like us, who look like us, et cetera, in this subtle, you know, deep subconscious way. Mm-hmm. But um, as my perspective has gone, become more global, I've tried to learn and become less and become more aware of that mm-hmm. and become more aware of the fact that we're all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, an American life and a Kundu life, even though it's fictional, they are the same. They are valued because we're all children of God. Um, so I think... That, that's really just what's opened my eyes as I become more global is just like being aware that I don't always view people the same and striving myself to realize that, hey, we are all the same. We're all God's children. Yeah. So we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives today. And I hope we get to see you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you soon. It's so good for me to think broadly because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy to focus in on the narrow, especially right now. I mean, think about it. We've been asked to contract our lives, to stay close, to be separated. So I fill my days trying to check in with everyone close to me. And perhaps you're doing that too. And as as church leaders, we've been really focused and hovered over thoughts about you. But we know it's more than just us. And when I read the news, when I talk to friends like Mikey, my perspective goes beyond my proximity. And I'm reminded of how many people in the world that God dearly loves and has created in his image, what they're experiencing right now lays upon my heart. Because it has struck me during this pandemic that when has all the world been so affected and connected All of us, every country has been fighting this same disease simultaneously. Look how connected we all are. And caring for the world globally, for good or for bad, we're changing each other. And let's make it good. Because our hearts, when we think beyond ourselves and beyond our country and consider all the people and all the cultures God has made, it will cause us to treat others differently and take action. Maybe we want to go. Maybe we want to support people who go. That's why at Echo Church, we support seven different missionaries because we want Jesus' love to be spread wide. And each week on our online service page, this whole series, we've been trying to introduce you to different missionaries so that you can know who our friends are and who you support. Because every time you give to Echo Church, you are sending resources out into the world as well as here in Cincinnati. Just think, because of back-to-back ministries, our hearts can be here in Cincinnati. It can be in Mexico, Haiti, Nigeria, India, the Dominican Republic. Because of our other missionaries, our ears can be tuned to the news in Venezuela and in Myanmar. Our hearts can be praying for the people of Poland and Pakistan because we have friends caring for people far and wide. And we get to be a part of that. 
when we stand on the sand and look out into the sea, when we look up into the stars in the sky, we can think about the multitude of people who God has created in his image, all the people Jesus died for, to save and to love. Because God cares globally, but he ignites hearts individually. Will you let him put a spark in you? We pour out our praise to you only It's your 
hope you enjoyed worshiping with us this morning through music, hearing from God's word, and listening to stories of how God is moving in his followers throughout the world. Be encouraged by the fact that the kingdom work we all share at Echo Church plays a part in the universal story God is writing. Look on our service page for an update from one of the missions we support, as well as to find ways to give back here in the Cincinnati community. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for continuing to provide for us in so many ways. We love you and you're awesome and we acknowledge um, your sovereignty and your goodness and your, your holiness. I ask that you would allow us to see the big picture this week, that we would look outside of ourselves to the world around us and to understand that you are moving and working all around the world right now, doing so many amazing things, and we can play a part in that. I ask that you would make us aware of how you would like us to be involved, how you would like us to give back, how you would like us to be a part of the story that you're writing. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.